Today is Pentecost Sunday. Now we may say, well, what on earth is Pentecost? Well, let's start with Acts chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of the rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house, all the house, where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. So we call this... Jesus has spoken, or the, was written in the scriptures in the text, that, that uh, John the Baptist baptized you with water, but he also, Jesus said, but I will send the Holy Spirit, and he will baptize you by the Holy Spirit. So the water baptism was an immersion in water, and so we find that the spirit baptism is an immersion, as it were, in the presence of God and in, in the Holy Spirit. So... If we, we believe in the, oh, in the we believe. <laughs> a few weeks ago, couldn't remember what I said. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had done the What We Believe series, and uh, we spoke there about the Holy Spirit. But also we remember that Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And if, you, if we understand the word, Jesus that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, we understand it because the Holy Spirit has taught us. So understanding the Scriptures is different than understanding a text or something in a book or you know, some type of um, chemistry or um, even theology. It's an understanding of, of God that the Holy Spirit teaches us. So what is Pentecost? Well, historically... Um, and biblical, the biblical origins of what we know as Pentecost is found in Exodus 23, verses 14 to 19. Um, now, the Feast of Harvest was also known as Pentecost, putting that in there, Feast of Harvest. Um, it is a festival of joy, Pentecost, festival of joy. It is a mandatory feast, meaning that people had to come, they had to stop what they were doing and go to go to Jerusalem or go to the holy city there. And it was a mandatory that they attend, but the offering was voluntary. And the, it was also known as the harvest of first fruits, which means it was the beginning of wheat harvest. And so they would, the first harvest of the field, they would bring that to God, to the temple as a uh, offering to God. And I think of it in the context that when they would bring in the wheat harvest, it was in anticipation that the rest of the harvest would be great. Okay? So whenever we are praying and we talk about Pentecost, the Spirit, Holy Spirit dwelling in our life, and we pray about, you know, uh, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So what it's saying is we believe that something good is going to happen, and we are believing for that to happen in our life. Well, the Feast of Pentecost is we're bringing in the harvest, and we're believing that the harvest is going to be great as we go through it, that every, you know, the harvest is going to come together. So in our life, whenever we are praying and believing for promises to come in our life, we are doing the very same thing that was uh, brought here in the Feast of Pentecost. And so when the Holy Spirit is unctioning, divine unction, impressing upon us about things for the present and the future, that's the Holy Spirit 
helping us to believe, and we're praising and believing for a very big harvest. We're, pray, we're praying and believing for that which is to come. So in Exodus, talks about three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. Now the festivals of the Old Testament, they were there to celebrate occasions, okay? Occasions that were important, God felt was important for the people of Israel to focus on God and his goodness. So they were to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. Okay, that's the first one. And what that is, is eating bread made without yeast and holding several assemblies, making a designated offering. So they were to come together and they were to eat unleavened bread, didn't have yeast in it. For seven days, each bread made without yeast. I commend you, do this at the appointed time of the month of Av. Yep, Aviv. Uh, for in that month, you came out of Egypt. So it was a, now we have the Feast of Passover, which was in the angel of death, passed over the uh, houses in uh, Egypt. And when they had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of the home, the angel of death passed over. So they have a Feast of Passover. That's when Jesus was crucified. Was it Passover? The lamb of God sacrificed for the sins of people. And that whenever his blood shed for our sins is applied to our life, death has no hold over us. We're past, we pass over. The body dies, but the spirit never dies. So this is celebrating the coming out of, of Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. <laughs> so God is saying, I don't care how poor you are. They didn't say he doesn't care. But no matter how poor you are, you've got to bring something that represents your thankfulness to me and an expectation of what is yet to come. Verse 16. Celebrate the festival of harvest with the first fruits of the crops you sow in the field. So, first fruits of the crop, bring a bundle of grain to, to God and offering it as a sacrifice for him. Celebrate the festival of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in your crops from the field, the festival of ingathering is the time when all the produce has been brought in and you're celebrating. You've got a full barn. You've got a full granary. You've got the, the, the wine that has been, has been crushed and it's all together and the labor is done. So there's a celebration at the end. Okay, look what happens at the beginning. We are celebrating the provision of God for what's going to happen, and then after it's all over, we are celebrating of, of the abundance that we have. So there was an expectation and a celebration of what we already have. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we would see it in our, in our modern-day lives. So um, what else? All the blessings that we receive, they, we receive them from God. Every good and perfect thing that comes into our life is from the Lord. So we are to be a people of thanksgiving, a thanksgiving and praise. We are to be a people that allows God to bless them and to have an expectation of what is yet to happen. We find in Leviticus 23, verses 15 and 16, from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf and wave offering, you count off seven full weeks, count off 50 days upon the, upon the day after the seventh Sabbath, then present an offering of new grain to the Lord, which is 50 days after Passover is 
Pentecost, and that's what we're celebrating today. So Pentecost, then, is a festival in the Christian church in which we are celebrating what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And so we find that it commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit on the apostles and the other disciples following the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. So 50 days, Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and wait. Tarry is the word, that's uh, King James. And wait there for the promise that I'm going to send you. For I'm going to send you another one just like myself. Send you another comforter. So we do not lose anything by the Holy Spirit being part of our life. If we don't listen to the, the word and the scriptures, you wouldn't listen to Jesus. Because the Spirit is speaking to us. You know, sometimes my wife has a hearing problem. She don't hear me when I respond. <laughs> I, I said, yes. Well, what would you say? I said, yes. And she said, yeah, you do. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You know? And she said, what would you say? <laughs> Uh, I think she just wants me to say it over and over again because she likes to hear me say yes, you know. But, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, God, he he's not, doesn't have a hearing problem, all right? He, but our praise and our saying of yes and praise to him is something that is to be on our lips and to be part of who we are. So it's important that we find what the Holy Spirit is. Now, we're going to talk about many different aspects of the, of the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity. Now, if we think, well, that's a lot of information about the, the Holy Spirit. Well, let me I'll do, I'll do it this way. Um, I'll, use, I'll use myself, not that I'm, you know, special here. But I was a son. Well, I still am a son, just my parents are no longer living. <laughs> But so I'm a son, so you would have to go back and you'd have to look at my parents and what I was like as a son, and this was my life as a son growing up on the farm. Well, then um, I was a brother. What my brothers thought of me, I, was a, my, I had foster brothers, so there was that relationship, and what was I like at that point? And then um, I was a husband. We won't ask you to check out how that went. <laughs> so... But there's the character of your life, that you're a husband, then you're a father, and you have children, and, you know, then you're a pastor, and your ability's there, then you're a chaplain, you're, and your ability's there, and, and so on. So we find that there's so many different divisions of just me, right? But they're all me at different areas and different times and, and focuses of, of ministry, of work, of who I am. The same is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, but he has many different functions that he does within the body of Christ and he, many different functions that are presented in the scriptures. And so it's important that we have this understanding of, of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus came. He says, I've, I've come to do the will of my Father. He set aside his divinity, set it aside, and he took on humanity like us. And so in every way, in every point, tempted as we are, yet without sin. Okay? And in his ministry, he said, I've come to do the will of my Father. So he prays on different occasions. We've spoken about prayer. 
And so Jesus has come to do the will of the Father. And so Jesus died on the cross, in the grave, rose from the dead, and then ascended to the Father and says to the people, I'm sending you another comforter. The other comforter is the Holy Spirit. What is the mission of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is to help us understand Jesus, understand the Word, make application of the Word to our life. We don't worship the Holy Spirit because he's not, he's not to be worshipped. His goal is to focus the attention on Jesus. He is God, but he's not one that we worship, but we, you know, he, he deserves, if we were looking for one who deserves it, we could say yes, but he, he's, that's not his mission. It's not who he is. He is here to glorify the Father and glorify the Son. So as we read the scriptures, we find that, like, if you know Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit is the one who helped you understand. He's the one who draws us to Christ. The Holy Spirit, we find that uh, in the scripture being written, holy men of God were moved by the Spirit to write this which we have in the, in the Bible. Well, the Holy Spirit inspired them to write, and we have the Holy Spirit helping us to read and interpret. Now, we don't have it all perfect because... <laughs> The Spirit is subject to the person. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit will work within your boundaries. If you, you know, if you limit him, you know, or, 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 you know, some people, they give him a little bit of space, you know. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and that's it. <laughs> you know, but the Holy Spirit works in our life. So <clears throat> if we have known, if we've come to know Christ, the Holy Spirit has drawn us. The Holy Spirit is the person who loves us and helps us to experience God's love. We are, it helps us to experience forgiveness. Helps us to understand that whenever we are forgiven, those sins are washed away, never to be remembered against us again. You know, they are cast into the deepest sea. And the Holy Spirit puts a sign up, no fishing. I <laughs> thought I'd throw that in there. Without the Spirit, there would not be any Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was, you know, he, he existed, of course. You know, God is always existent. But in the, in the Old Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon people, prophets, judges of the Old Testament. They, he, the Spirit would come upon them and inspire them to right or to speak for God to the people, but then, the, the, then it was where he would not be with them. He's, he's there, but not in the same, same capacity that he was whenever he inspired them to write and to preach. So what happens then is the Holy Spirit was coming to, in, 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 um, in the New Testament, we have, the, Acts chapter 2, we have the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost. Now, the Holy Spirit coming in the church age after Christ, we have the Holy Spirit has come to dwell with us. He dwells within the hearts of believers. In the Old Testament, it was the law. The law of the Ten Commandments, don't do this, don't do that, don't go there, you know, had all those regulations. But the regulations didn't prevent the people or help the people 
not to sin or not to break the law. It was there, but it didn't help them. Don't do this. But they did it anyhow. (laughs) And God was saying, you can't do that, but that didn't work. So in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit who comes to us and he abides with us. He is with us every moment of every day. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He helps us in dealing with our problems. He helps us in, in our joy. You know, the, first, the feast of the first harvest was a joyful time. It was a, a joyful expectation of what the harvest would be. And so you're celebrating God's gift to you and what's yet to come. Now, the Holy Spirit is with us and what is called the church age, and he'll be here in this capacity until Jesus returns. And then he will be taken. He will be a whole different ministry in the tribulation period. So the uh, Holy Spirit then was sent by the Father to bring believers to a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There is this oh, presence. There is this checking in our spirit. There is this sometimes... When things go wrong or you're not supposed to do something, there's like this, don't do that. (laughs) That's the Holy Spirit. You know, whenever you're praying or when you're thinking about a problem and there's like this answer that comes, don't be anxious. But in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. So we stop and we pray and we ask God for help. You see, that's that's the Holy Spirit who checks us and says, stop for a moment here and think about what's going on. Pray. Allow me to speak to your heart. It's those types of experiences where God wants to touch us in a very specific and special way, and that's the Holy Spirit working in us. So the work of the Holy Spirit throughout, um, uh, throughout time has been to bring us power and purpose and reveal the ministry and purpose of Jesus Christ. So we find that the Holy Spirit's role was active in creation because it talks about that, the breath. Whenever we read in the Old Testament about breath, wind, and fire, those are all symbols of the Holy Spirit. That's why... um, there are symbols of the Holy Spirit. And so in, cre- in creation, in what happened to Adam, God breathed into him the breath of life. That was the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. Now, you transfer that to the New Testament. Jesus says, or the scripture says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal body. So the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. Because we're a believer. Because Christ has forgiven us of our sins, the Holy Spirit lives within us. So this body then, if it should die, it's okay. (laughs) The spirit that is in Christ is the same spirit in us, and we will be resurrected at the last day. Okay? And we can go, you know, whenever we die, that everything that is life in us goes to heaven to be with God. So the Holy Spirit then it's the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the spirit, the Holy Spirit, that inspired the writers of the Gospels and of the New Testament and of the Old Testament. 
inspires us to help us understand whenever we read. Um, the Spirit of God, <laughs> what else we got here? The Word, Jesus, and the Spirit of God were active agents in creation. We said that, that is very much a part of what went on. The psalmist, the songwriters, the poets of praise, um, what they did was inspired. They were inspired by God. You know, and, you know, whenever you're um, <laughs> reading or writing or trying to put together a sermon, <laughs> you know, putting together, you, you, you pray that the Holy Spirit will guide you in what you're, what you're writing and putting down. You know, years ago there was, uh, um, I don't want to say a movement, there was this, if you were really spiritual, you didn't have to write, you didn't have to write things down because you could just recite them. No, that wasn't spirit. That was, didn't have the mental capacity. <laughs> so, but anyhow, but I would always write it down. In, in the, and, you know, my thing was God can inspire you just as much in the, in, in, the, uh, in the study as he can in the pulpit. So help me to be inspired to write this down. And that God will help us in the delivery so that everyone that is here would have something that fits that their perspective and understanding of, of the Holy Spirit and of God and of the Word. So, using the analogy then, uh, we have the gifts of the Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit, you know, He is a, what's the word? I used it in Sunday school. Um, he distributes the gifts severally as He wills. So, one person doesn't have all gifts of the Spirit. That we have, the Holy Spirit helps us he will divide the gifts as we need them. He doesn't give us a, a storage shelf. <laughs> you go draw, pull up. We got them all here. Just go pick one out. No, what we need in our work of service and to live our life, the Holy Spirit will give that to us. Then there are the fruits of the Spirit, and fruits grow on trees. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, they grow in our life, and the Holy Spirit helps us in allowing those things to grow in us. So all of this is the work of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is helping us to put this thing, to put this together. So in the New Testament, the revelation about the Holy Spirit describes a variety of unique and special roles. He convicts us of sin. He convicts us when we're doing something wrong. And, it is, and the reason that he does that is that if we continue to reject him, see the, the Holy Spirit, he can be grieved. He can be resisted. He can be pushed aside. But he can also be our friend. He can also be our teacher. He's the one who gives us wisdom and understanding and insight. Things that we could never figure out on our own, the Spirit can speak those things and help us have those insights. So the Holy Spirit then will convict us of sin because if we resist that conviction and we keep going down the wrong path, <laughs> the Bible talks about people who have a seared conscience, meaning that they are so used to doing things wrong that they no longer appear wrong. 
And we look at our society, there are groups of individuals that have done things so against the scripture, they don't think it's wrong. It's, it's all right. And the scripture talks about how that in the last days, people will take things that are right and say that they are wrong, and they'll take the things that are wrong and say that they're right. And what we're looking at, breaking God's laws. You break God's laws, we pay for it. <laughs> you know, and God doesn't, the commandments are given, remember this one, the commandments are given to protect us and provide for us. Four of them deal with our relationship with God. Six deal with our relationship with people. All of those things are in place to protect us from breaking our, our relationship with God, but breaking our relationship with people. And the, the Holy Spirit then is there to help us keep and mend that relationship because how are people going to hear the gospel unless someone speaks to them? And guess who's the mouthpiece of God? <laughs> we are. And if we cannot speak, you know, if everybody hates us because we hate everybody, you know, we're not a good image. But if we love people and forgive people as God has forgiven us, what happens? The Spirit then is working in our life and around us. And, you know, you don't even have to speak to some people. Something just be there and be your presence and be kind and loving. Some have never seen that. So we find that the, the Spirit can um, cause this, bring about this spiritual birth and help us to understand that we are saved, we are forgiven. <laughs> we, are, um, we are capable of thinking godly thoughts. We're capable of giving thanks for little things. We're capable of looking at something and seeing good in it. See, that's the Spirit helping us to see, to perceive, and to look at what's going on in our life. Because <laughs> some things don't appear to be good. Some things don't look right, but yet God can use that to turn around to be something very important and very good in our life. Um, we find that he comes to live in and through us. He comes to renew. The Spirit comes to renew, um, renew our life and renew, you know, renew a right spirit within me, the, the, the Scripture says. That sometimes we just get bitter at life and get upset with life and things don't go right and we're just, you know, all bent out of shape and we just pause. <laughs> you know, that's part of being human, you know. But allowing the Spirit to speak peace to us, the peace of God that passes understanding, that we have, there's no way in my understanding that this is going to work out. But God gives us a peace about it that it's going to be okay. See, that's the Spirit working in our life. So the presence of God gives each Christian a taste of what it will be like to be in God's presence forever. The peace that we feel from God 
is the peace that we will experience for eternity in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the agent of sanctification or separating us from sin. You see, <laughs> we think about the speci how special you are to him. God loves you and he doesn't want to spend an eternity without you. God will do everything he can to help you come to the knowledge of sins being forgiven and giving you the strength to live the Christian life and to live this life of forgiveness and relationship with God. Because he doesn't want to lose you. But the problem is we can grieve the Holy Spirit we can grieve God by saying no thanks. Rebellion and pushing away from God <laughs> sometimes people feel that they've done that so long. I remember a person that I spoke with this was 40, 45 years ago. Um, he said I've been in church all my life and I, you know, I think he was a deacon in the church. And he said, I've resisted God all my life and I'm not going to change now. And he said that on his deathbed. And I thought, what a foolish man. That he had hardened his heart. He went there, he went to a church every Sunday. He was faithful, board member, whatever. And he, he couldn't come to grasp with forgiveness and allowing God to forgive him. And so he died. His confession was, I will resist him until the day I die. And to my knowledge, he did. What a, what a loss. Because God had worked on his life, been part of his life for, oh, for many years, and he just wouldn't give in. So we are to allow the Spirit to speak within us. We allow the Spirit to speak through us, but most importantly, we must allow the Spirit to speak to us. And God will never speak to us anything that is not written in his word. God will not ask you to step off this two-story building. God will not ask you to stand in the middle of the road. You know, God will not put you in harm's way. He will not ask you to do something foolish and stupid. He will ask you to do things that are love, grace, mercy, forgiveness. He will ask you to do things that you can't do on your own. Because if you could do them on your own, you wouldn't need God. So you can't forgive yourself. We can only be forgiven. The wages of sin, people earn the right to go to hell. The wages of sin. The gift of God is eternal life. God offers us a gift. Will we receive it? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us these truths of forgiveness and restoration. He also develops within us a Christ-like character that we become more like Jesus. Now, we are going to, we, we're not perfect, and you know, we would love to be like Jesus every moment of every day, but Sorry, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you know, not because God doesn't want it. It's just that, just who we are. He reminds, not that we should, 
no, that's okay. I, I can, yeah, I'm, I'm human. Uh, you know, the devil made me do it and all this other garbage. No, that's, that's, no, that doesn't work. He reminds us of what God has already done. He reminds us of what God has already revealed. I can make a way for you where there is no way. I can forgive you of all your sins. I can establish you and I can establish your heart. I, can, I know when you go out and when you come in, I'm there with you every moment of every day. So allow me to work in your heart through the scriptures. If you don't know what the scriptures say, you won't understand or hear what the Spirit says. God is not going to give you some special revelation. <laughs> the people who have those special revelations, you don't want to listen to them. <laughs> you want to have the relationship that is based upon the scriptures. The Spirit is related to us and gives to us the gifts and the fruits. We receive the same anointing, the same commission and empowerment that was on Jesus Christ. It was here for us. The Holy Spirit lives in the church. The Holy Spirit builds the church. The various activities of the Spirit all work together for a common purpose. Our common purpose is to build the kingdom of God in our own life, in the lives around us, and in our community. And this is why we're here, to do the work and the will of God. We must follow the Spirit's leading into a deeper knowledge and commitment and understanding of who he is. Because it is God's will that we grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is God's will that we accept his forgiveness and that we forgive others. It is God's will that we not do things that will destroy our relationship with him and with others. It is God's will for us to bring ourselves to before him and offer him the sacrifice of praise, to thank him like the wheat offering, to thank him for that which is yet to come. And, I, and I, I believe as we allow the Spirit to speak to us, we will sense that wheat harvest in which we can bring to God the first fruits. I believe, Lord, you have a good life for me to live, and I am looking forward to it. Amen? Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. And that's our prayer, that God come. We need you. And God would tell us, I believe, that you have not because you ask not. We are to pray. We're to ask to believe because we have the first fruits. We have the inspiration. We have the quickening of the Spirit for the promises. But there's a lot yet to come. So let's believe and give praise to God and come expecting what God will do for us. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you not only sent, but the Holy Spirit consented to come and be your representative. And we pray that the Spirit will touch our lives in a way that is needed for us to come to know you better. Help us not to be resistant. Help us not to be too proud. Help us, O oh Lord, to allow your presence into our life to guide us in the way of truth and to bind us with close to you, seal us with this relationship with you. 
God, it is something we begin now, but will only it will finish in eternity. Thank you for that faith, that trust, that Holy Spirit presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.